Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry MTG, joined by my two regular co-hosts, Patrick Robertson. Good evening, everyone. And Gabriel Nassif. Hey, everyone. Well, well, well. Quick announcement. We're having some problems with our podcast applications. Our last episode got less than like, it got like 30% of the listeners that it normally gets. So if you're hearing this, please double check that it's the podcast being uploaded to your podcast app. Don't know what's happening, but if you join our podcast discord and let us know, because I'm not really a you know podcast app expert, that'd be great. Thank you. Because a lot of you are saying that or telling us that you're not getting the episode. Anyways, important things today. We have a lot of modern and we have a lot of pioneer. We also have maybe some other formats as me, Gab, Pat. We've been actually been branching out a lot more lately. And uh, this week is all about competitive magic, really. I think Gab maybe also wants to talk a bit about limited. We'll all see. We're just going to be talking about things that we've been testing. And uh, before we get into things, as always, two new patrons this week. We really want to thank Castro and Brian for supporting our content. Castro and Brian, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, Castro is someone I've seen in the Discord a lot. Shout out to you. Brian, you've been di in the Discord too. You're a legend. If not, supporting the Patreon is great. If you would like to support the podcast alongside those two, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. No pressure to do so. That's the best place to do it. You know who our best supporter is? Card Market. Shout out to Card Market, sponsor of the podcast. Best place online to buy anything Magic Gathering related. Deck boxes, sleeves, access accessories, singles. You can sell on there. You also got other card games, Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Flesh and Blood. Any card game that you think is relevant to competitive card game stuff, Card Market has it. Go check them out. Cardmarket.com, cardmarket.eu. Thank you to them for supporting the podcast. Also, a little sidetrack before we get into the actual episode. You guys knew what the Card Market series was. It was Card Market's version of GPs. I actually went to one of them before the pandemic. Card Market Paris in 2018, 2019. What was really cool is they not only had Magic there, they had all card games that were on Card Market, which I thought was pretty sick. Well, sadly, the, the, this event is uh, not coming back for the foreseeable future because of prices. And I think uh, we talked about a lot in the podcast about how events, Magic events, have been, you know, slowly declining, prices going up, low player attendance... And this really leans on the fact that, you know, there's a reason why these big companies don't really want to host events anymore. It's very hard to have competitive pricing, good prizes, good venue, without feeling like they're scamming their fans. And I think that's why Card Market decided ultimately to cancel the series. Uh, Gab and I knew about this for a long time when we went to Germany, and we spoke and met the whole Card Market series team. They were amazing, working really hard to try and get it out for you guys but i i completely understand the back end stuff it's so hard to run events right now so you know props to card market for coming out and saying they can't do it hopefully it'll change in the future obviously it's not going to be a permanent change card market will always want to host big events if they can but yeah that's uh, some news for you some other news you can always get singles you need on card market again shout out to them for sports in the cast but anyways Come we want to get some modern this week there. unless anyone has any comments on the series who wants to talk about some testing? Yeah, no. Um, I guess I can go first. I've played a bunch of Pioneer, mostly blue-white control. I did pretty That's good right. in a challenge. I made top eight. 
out of four. I forwarded a prelim a bit before. Today, not as good. I went two and two. I actually lost to a Shield Dread plus Sign Blood targeting me for my last six points of life. Wow. Yeah, the two damage from Sign Blood plus the four damage from Shieldred, so that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, kind of stuck blue white list. And Oscar Franco also split the the, the the finals of the same challenge, I believe. Um so yeah, keeps being really good for me. I went one one against Ragdos, I lost in the quarters to Band Spirits. Actually, a player called Arturet Guess, who top-aided both Pioneer Challenge was Band Spirits, so shout-out to them. And, yeah, I didn't play very well in the quarters. I think maybe I could have at least won the second game. Yeah, I was a little tired. Game, game two was a hard game, but, you know. Yeah, I made some some bad mistakes, like marching a spell caller with del- a deluge underneath it, thinking I would get it back. Uh, but since you... You know, you cast it for free, you don't get to see any cards. And that same deluge, I could have main phase and resolve probably. So kind of plagued by mistake. And as a bum, because I played, I played good for the most part. But yeah, not, not the quarters. Against Ragdos, I actually beat Ginger. I tried the Orvar tech. That's maybe a card you're more familiar with if you've been playing Arena. And it was a counter to Corpse Connoisseur and... Trespasser, all these cards. It's a, a hill giant, a blue legendary hill giant. And when you when your opponent makes you discard it, you get to copy a pern that's in play. So whether it's Uliana, Croxa, or the Ward of Trespasser, you get to copy a, a permanent. So you can maybe copy their Liliana, their creature, maybe just copy a land and ramp. And it was sick for me in one game against Ginger where... He literally thought seized me, so the Orvar and took it anyways because he had Liliana. And I think he probably made a mistake. I think he probably should take my Teferi because I guess he got scared of me copying Liliana, but maybe it was just worse for him that I just got to land really, you know, right away and get to keep, keep my Teferi. You know, I, I just got to 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 ramp for free basically. And in another spot, um, I drew it. And if I'd been like a Nelspes or some really high impact card, it would have been it would have been much better. But so I watched you play with this Orvar card, and it doesn't. It's, there's like a long history in Magic of kind of cards that are really good against uh, your opponent when they, when they discard heavy. I think the first one's like Dodecapod or whatever, an Invasion or something like that. But there you go, Locks of the Smiter. All these cards they look really appealing on the surface, but they've never really quite been good enough. And I'm really surprised in a matchup like blue white versus uh, red black why you would want to bring in a card that's particularly situational like that rather than something that just has high impact when you draw it off the top and you just tap your matter and put it into play as opposed to you know being a hill giant as you as as you described it's definitely got some juicy upside though like I didn't actually catch that game against Ginger where you got to ramp with it but it's got some like powerful flexibility but I look at Oscar Franco's winning list and he's really kind of gone all out and just kind of two Elspeth Suns champion at the top end. For his red black matchup, and that seems more in line with what I would, what I what I would choose to do in that matchup. Have you have you played with Elspeth at all? Yeah, I played with it today. It was it was pretty decent. I brought it in against, I don't even remember, but it was against a white black white black deck, I guess, uh, black based. And yeah, I wanted to try it. Basically, I just wanted to try it. I thought it would be fun, and 
it was it was good. It's a little too narrow, I think, to warrant the spot. You're already kind of okay against Red Black. You kind of have the cards you need. And maybe cards like Starnheim Unleashed or Alspestum Champion are just better because they're just more versatile. One thing I think is like I've, I've noticed over the last few weeks with these blue-white lists is they're trending more towards more and more Fortel cards. So where before it was maybe just a Behold the Multiverse and uh, I saw it coming to mix it up. Now you're really expanding into Doomscar, this Steinheim Unleashed, and Treat the Angel style card in the in in the board. Uh, so, wh- wh- where's where's the value in having these foretell cards? Like, what is it? Is it just about playing mind games, or are you trying to like get a particular advantage in a certain matchup by having you know having the foretell ability rather than the you know, just a maybe more powerful uh, card that you can only cast one way? Well, you'd have to ask my opponents because I haven't gotten to play against Fortel really. But yeah, having the diversity is nice, keeping him de- guessing. And it's cards that are strong on their own, honestly. Whether it's Behold the Multiverse or Side Cunning or Doom's card, th- these three cards are just perfectly fine cards that you would maybe play otherwise. You know, I used to just play Behold and I probably had a list where I just had Side Cunning because it combos nicely with Teferi. There is a lot of discard spells, you know. It is relevant that you just foretell them and they thoughtseize you and you've got nothing good, but you've got your counters showing there. And as far as the Deluge versus Behold split, I just feel like, you know, you just want the, the flexibility and it's nice to be able to foretell Behold and fire it off on turn three sometimes, just in some ways lowers your curve a, a bit or smooths out your curve, so... It's just cards that are good on on their own, and it's just added bonus that your opponents needs to you know not be opens doesn't know uh, which one you're gonna foretell. But um, yeah, the list super super solid. Uh, you know my main deck's very close to Oscar Franco's main deck. I think he had an extra detention here, an extra Shark Typhoon. And he has one less Dalvin's Veto and one less Absorb. Even though he has one more side coming, so there's another minor difference. But yeah, 26 lands. I guess he cut the Jari's Disruption, which has been kind of bad for me for the most part. So I don't hate it. And yeah, I, think, I think in these formats where you're playing four senses or whatever, like having the Jari's Disruption just kind of feels so bad. Like there's already enough situational kind of force by counter spells having a tap land is a lot worse than having a cycler i think and there's only so many spaces in your deck you can afford to have something like that i think yeah it just gives you more turn to plays and it's kind of an extra land too you know like two thirds of a land maybe you want to count it that way so i just think that card's a little too weak i don't hate i don't think it's like anti-synergy to have force sensor and disruption but yeah, it's less it's, about anti-synergy and more about just how many slots in your deck you're willing to allocate to an effect like that. But yeah, I, I can... I mean, I've seen, I've seen obviously, seen your list with one, and I think that, you know, Harry 13 was playing it even two at some point in time. And it's obviously, a, like, a pretty decent card and it has some pedigree, but, you know, I think the format's a little bit too fast for having effects like that, in vast numbers at least. Too fast? I mean, there's some decks that have a lot of one-drops, so that card's not going to be that great against them. But I think it's just the cards are just a little awkward. I'm not sure it has to do with how fast the format is because you do want to have something to, to counter, you know, as many answers to fill of the Mirror Breaker as you can. 
trespass for Ljubljana in the early turns. It's all about slowing them down because later in the game you have Deluge, Emperor, and, and Hero to take over the game against these, these mid-range strats. So it's nice to have the early turn secured. But one thing I, I don't really get is the, the Angel sideboard. I can see Starnheim being good in, in mid-range battles, but Lyra and Baneslayer is a little weird to me when people just have Liliana of the Veil now. So, uh, I mean, they're fine. They're like, I've, I've played with these cards and, you know, they're, they're usually pretty good against Junt. Sacrifice, for instance, it was good for me. Against Creature decks, they're going to be good once in a while. But, you know, the Creature decks, they're going to have Fry or they're going to have Liliana. They're going to have, um, what's it called? They're going to have, you know, the white decks are going to have Brutal Cathar still in their deck because they're worried about your Shark Typhoon tokens anyway. So I think they have to keep them in. Plus now people just know to expect the Angels. They're going to have, um, you know, even Spirits are going to have the 2-2 the two -two that taps. And I, I've definitely lost games where you think, oh, I'm going to resolve the Angel against Spirits, but they just don't really care to tap it down. They kind of go wide and, and finish out that way. So... Maybe maybe I should give them a fair shot because I've had like either the the Starnheim or an Angel. I've never had I think all three at the same time. You know, one Angel, one Lyra, one Beanslayer, one Starnheim. So give that a shot. And then the other thing that bugs me in theory is two Elspeth Sons Champion. Uh, I think the card's good and strong, but why two sideboard and non main deck is kind of my question. If because it's a card you're going to bring in a lot of matchups, and it's fine. It's pretty good in the mirror, too, actually. It can win the games in the mirror. So why not just, um, you know, what's what's the reasoning kind of for uh, two in the sideboard? I guess there's just a super aggro matchups where it's a little too slow. But it feels like more like a luxury and and not really a necessity. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, the, the, the list is pretty good. I'm also curious about the temporary lockdown was the four main... There's four main deck portable hold cards, just amazing. And there's also one temporary lockdown in the sideboard. So I, I wonder in which matchup this, this comes up. I would guess, from my pioneer experience, I've been seeing a lot of on a red mono green as well as um, red white. I don't know what you want to call it, all that glitters, but it plays the two mana saga that flips into a, cre a star star creature. Do you know the name of it? No, but I'm sure you people just, will yeah. say no. <laughs> it's like two mana, one and two are like give a creature uh, plus X plus X where X is the, a number of enchantments or artifacts you control. Then the third one's flip it and it's just a star star yeah. where it's en enchantment artifacts. But yeah, no, I've been, seeing a, I've been seeing that, I've been playing that, I've been playing green. And I think that temporary lockdown is very good against green. Eat all the wolf full of havens, the oath of Ness of the elves. Stop me from casting Teferi, if I'm playing Teferi, and I'll be unique and crazy. But I've been seeing a lot of Mono Red in Pioneer, have you been? And that's what I'd wonder why you'd want the Angels, want the temporary lockdown, just, you know, go file that. Yeah, I have. I actually beat Red in, 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 in the last round, I think, to make top 8, and the games were pretty smooth. I just drew well, and I drew a lot of portable holes. Mm-hmm. And things get well, but I definitely when I got paired against Fred, I was like, man, I wish I had these angels. I ended up not needing them. They do have access to Fry after sideboard, but it's still gonna win you game. You know, sometimes you're gonna have it, they're not gonna have the answer, and it just takes over. So 
Now the angels, are, I need to just play with them more, see how often. You know, my my fear is that you tap out for that big five mana spell and you end up losing to a brutal Cathar or a Fry or Liliana Minus, and the the swing is just too brutal to recover from. Mm. See, Cherry and I have actually been moving away from green recently, and we've been playing red white all that glitters and the white enchantment that pumps the saga and uh, we i guess we were wondering you know what have you played against that deck much do you know what i'm talking about no i have not i know what you're talking about i've not played against it i've played against the deck in um explorer i believe or maybe it was historic but not not in pioneer yet yeah we've we've been thinking that it's actually pretty good because you get we've played oh my gosh maybe like six to eight leagues now with the deck you get four Bomac Courier. Um, Springleaf Drum is really good. You get four... Oh my gosh, I don't know all the names. The one and a white. Uh, one, one, when it enters the battlefield, look at top four. When an artifact enters the battlefield, first time, gets a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah. Yeah, right now I'd rather play this deck in a challenge than green because uh, red-black mid-range has now been playing four extinction event in the sideboard because in the past we've been saying if you want to beat green, stock up on Kalidus, whereas Shieldred now has been very good against other decks other than green. The four mana, four, five death touch. When uh, your opponent draws a card, they lose two life. When you draw a card, you gain two life, I believe. Yeah. And does it have flying? No. Definitely. Okay, sure. That's that's a great card. We've been playing leagues with black red. We think that's a great card, but you know you got to have stuff against green. Four extinction event works. It's actually scary how much it works. And for a, a day, for a day this week, Cherry and I thought that black red was the best deck, but we changed our mind like normal because I hate playing black red. <laughs> so yeah, on to uh, red white uh, red white aggro with the enchantments, the bowmet couriers. But the one card I want to highlight in the deck that I think a lot of people move past you get four mutavolt which is great but you also get four of the land it's a colorless land and it has two and tap sacrifice draw a card if you control an artifact or enchantment and draw two cards if you control both yeah and it's great with all the grillers the saga you got so many ways to draw two cards it's amazing and we found that the deck uh is very good in uh, turns that go long, as well as you play Gigantha. So if you don't have your Flood lands, you got Gigantha. So I've, I've, I've really liked the deck, been playing with that a bit, loving it. Played a bit with green this week, didn't do too well. Extinction events, people being prepared for green like normal. So, you know, we're, we're jumping between the two decks. But Cherry's, tra- you know, testing for the mocks. We're tr- genuinely trying every deck. I think me personally, my favorite two decks are red, white, or green. And cherry is all over the place to be honest but i guess um to let everyone know there's been a teddy emergency and pat has had to step out of this episode we apologize for that hopefully he will be back with us soon i believe that teddy is a bit sick today yeah that's unfortunate but it it happens when you have when you have a kid and you're trying to uh i guess be part of a podcast and um yeah, I was looking at the, the top eight list from Pioneer, trying to see if people were playing some of the new cards. 
and Red Black's mostly been running Liliana and Childred. You have Adder Car Waste and Band Spirits. A new card that's been popping out, I guess people were talking about that card a few weeks ago already, is the Chick, the 1-1 Phoenix Flying. There was two people with the exact same list, so I'm guessing that list comes from somewhere. But two people who made top four of the Saturday Pioneer Challenge was Monorite Aggro, was four Chick in the in the list the exact nice. name yeah the exact name being uh who knows doesn't matter we we're not really a podcast uh technical okay phoenix check one one flying haze for red it cannot block and when you attack with three or more creature you can pay two red if you do return it from your graveyard tapped attacking was a plus one plus one counter on it so i was kind of surprised but i guess it's just Really, just one one flying haste. Is that what we're looking at? Because they don't play a ton of creatures. They're pretty burn heavy. You do have four den of the bugbear. You do have one Sokenzan crucible of defiance that can make a couple tokens. But um, yeah, kind of surprised to to see this card played. I guess it's just a third decent one drop. But you know, you mentioned Bomat Quarter that was so good in that white red deck. Um. I I think the difference here is that um, you also play the Saga that puts a plus one plus one counter on the first creature you cast on its second mode. It's uh, Kameno, yeah. the Saga. Yeah. So that's where it really shines. As well as a lot, uh, you know, no one's really playing flying blockers in the format. You got Shark Typhoon, you got Spirits. I can't really think of anything else apart from Cavalier of Thorns, which is five mana. We've played a bit of red. I've played a bit of this red deck. Only one league, but. I forewarned Cherry did well as well from my testing side, and I thought that the Phoenix Chick was really good. Strong Sad, sorry, not Strong Sad, Tandy MTG, Todd, uh, Todd Anderson was the one who kind of advocated for this card, and I think it's really good. It makes sense. It's doing well. Yeah. You know another card Todd advocates for is Teferi in green, and I was looking at the green list that made top eight this weekend, and they all had the off-color Planeswalker, whatever. Whether it was Teferi... Or Nico Bolas, all of them were, uh, you know, they, I guess they don't listen to the podcast or they don't they don't trust you. But yeah, I wanted to put you on the spot. What what you got to say about? Uh, it feels like it's one week everyone's playing the green planeswalkers, and then next week people are back on the Teferi and stuff. I don't know. It's kind of random. Well, I think at the end of the day, the shell of the deck is so powerful, right? It's like in modern where a Ragavan deck is most likely in every toppy, but it's not the same Ragavan deck, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same logic in my opinion. Yeah, it doesn't really I think matter. a green deck will always do well. Teferis, Boluses, there are always Storms, there are always Oath of Nissa draws that do really well. Just I think over a long period of time, a consistency thing, who's top eighted the most challenges slash showcases? I don't know the true stats, but all I'm saying is that I have a win and a finals. We'll have all these green players done. Wow, flexing, flexing the, <laughs> flexing the record. I guess my showcase win had one bolus in it. To be fair, oh no, and I lost the finals with the, with the pure mono green. <laughs> no comment. But um, yeah, I, I think I think it's okay either yeah. way. It's it's whatever you feel more comfortable with, you know. And I personally don't like the planeswalkers because I want to limit my terrible top decks without Oath of Nyssa. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, that was kind of pioneer for me this week. Anyways, uh, one more card I want to mention in Blue Control is Settle the Wreckage. 
I've talked about it before. That card's always really, really good for me. I had two copies in my sideboard, and it keeps shining. I also keep winning games with Field of Ruin against people who are just not playing basics. Whether it's John, the John, most of the Junlays don't have a basic. I played against a white-black deck today that was splashing white and also trying to cast Invoke Despair. As well as maybe have Mutavolts? I don't remember. Maybe not Mutavolts. Anyways, they were not playing a single basic. I I don't get it, honestly. When Blue-White Control is pretty popular, it does pretty well. It plays free Field of Rune. I mean, granted, I think it's the only deck that plays kind of Field of Rune or Besage with that kind of effect. But it, it just like makes, makes the game so much easier when you get to strip mine them. So I, I might be biased because I see it from my perspective of... Of the blue eyed player was Phil of Rune, but I would advocate for maybe at least one basic in, in your decks if, if you can afford to. Yeah, I understand. I, I think honestly, it feels like against blue eyed control and pioneer is that if they're starting to field of ruin you, you're dead. So that's how I felt from my side. I can understand though that you probably should play a basic, and I think that. I've I've actually watched a lot of Field of Rune gameplay, and I've completely agree. There are so many spots where it's like, oh, they don't have a basic. Okay, I'm dedicating all my turns to my Field of Ruins. Mm. So, yeah, I completely I completely agree, and I think people should be playing them. I think Jun's sacrifice for me has definitely gone down in value in the format. There was there was a week where I really loved Jun's sacrifice and Pioneer, but I think that. Pioneer is becoming quite similar to what modern is now, where it's everyone's trying to interact. And I think that Jun Sacrifice is quite poor at interacting. They're very bad at killing things unless you have a devil in play. And you can't dig for a devil very efficiently, efficiently apart from Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Or you need something like a Claim the Firstborn Deadly Dispute draw, which is difficult to have. So I've been down on Jun Sacrifice. I think your draws are a bit too inconsistent. And I think that the decks doing really well in Pioneer now are the combo decks or the interactive decks. And you don't have things like Lotus combo anymore in the format to really beat up on the slow decks because green is pushing them out. So I wonder, you know, what happens. And, I, you know, what what do you think of Liliana of the Veil in the format now that we've kind of had a couple weeks with it? I'm not too scared of it when I'm playing blue-white. I think the card's perfectly beatable. I don't know how it does in other matchups. It's it's a strong card. It's versatile. It plays well with your Croxa. But I I haven't played a ton of different decks, so it's hard for me to judge how good uh, Liliana can be. Yeah. I would, I would almost be more scared of Soren, honestly, as a Planeswalker. Because Liliana, they take it up and you lose a card, but they're, they're losing a card too. I mean, maybe they have Croxa going, but besides that, they're still losing resources and it's pretty vulnerable against wandering, the Wandering Emperor. Uh, Teferi is pretty good answer to it, and, and you can even beat the ultimate in some games. Whereas I feel like Soren is, is super scary. I actually played a, in the last round of my prelim today against Medvedev, and he was playing Mono Black. And game one, I kind of drew poorly. I was like, oh, that looks kind of a good matchup. Um, uh, if I just draw a bit better. And in game two, he just went Thoughtseize. I mean, his hand was really good, but he went Thoughtseize, Thoughtseize, 
Shieldred, or no, he went Tati's Tati's Soren, Soren Plus, just start drawing cards right away, and the game feels so bad already. Um, and then he just kind of snowball. He played Shieldred, he played Oliviana. But um, yeah, I know that as a blue white player, I'm glad people just moved away from Soren. I know at some point they were playing the card, the card was a bit more popular, at least in the sideboard. And now, um, you know, they usually play Kalidas or Shieldred or even Chandra is not as scary. Um, I guess, you know, it, it can't also, sorry, it can't get Gust. I like to bring in Gust in that matchup. I think card's pretty solid. I just want as many answers as Fabled as I can. It, it gets rid of Harvester, Croxob, even just a, a Bone Crusher Giant is, is a decent target when it's on the stack. So, yeah, I guess I shouldn't give away, I mean, I shouldn't be telling people how to be blue-white, but... <laughs> Soren, if, if you're trying to improve your matchup, I think it's good good card in against control. Yeah, but I told everyone not to play multicolored planeswalkers in green, and look what they did. It's okay, <laughs> you're good. But um, no, yeah, I I've also not had too many problems with Lilian the Veil. I I think it's completely fine. The edict the edict is very powerful when it stays on the table, but I like that Lilian is very easily attackable. Yeah, just fair, and I also think that they get hurt from the plus a lot more than, let's say, players in Modern do, where you can discard, you know, actual things that do things, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I've been, Moving on, though. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah? I just want to say I've been wondering what my plan should be for Sofia, you know, the European Championship. Uh, you know, it's Pioneer. Should I just focus on Blue-White and just keep playing Blue-White and tuning the list and getting to play the deck really well? until proven otherwise i think that might be my plan you know until i feel like there's a deck i really cannot ignore that's just crushing day in day out and i might just do that i mean ragdos did pretty well this weekend i think it had five copies in both top eights combined but so probably also one of the most played deck green green had a good week but i, I don't mind these matchups too much from the blue white side i haven't found any matchups that i'm really super scared of so Thing right now that's that's my plan for pioneer plus i've been enjoying playing the deck uh, a lot so join our testing team come join <laughs> cherry and i we can come on your stream play against you yeah ma you ma maybe i will maybe i will i don't exactly have a testing team right now i'm not sure what's going on with you know the fancy and our, our usual discord team for these uh qualifiers it's all or you know the regional championships it's also a little weird because some some are going to be starting earlier. There's like the time zone, so you can potentially get a list, you know, from another tournament from another region if, if they're playing before you. Um, so that could be that could be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, got lots of time. Yeah, yeah, you got a decent amount of time. I think that the pioneer meta probably won't change that much too, which is great. So you got a lot of time with the card pool. That's easy to break down but yeah. i think um an interesting topic to move on to coincidentally both of us this week unorganized played vintage <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool not gonna you know do a deep dive into vintage but i think it'd just be a bit of fun to talk about the decks we played sure so what'd you go what'd you play i just went was uh so what happened is i played the modern challenge on saturday and i went oh two i was playing four color traverse didn't really know what to play as usual. It was modern these days. So I was like, I'm just going to play, you know, quote unquote, the best deck. 
And I got two pretty tough matchups. I got paired against Calibrated Blast. Oof. Yeah. That matchup felt kind of hopeless, even though second game I could have played a bit better. I think what I should have done is just jammed Omnath and prayed instead of trying to... I think I was trying to keep Counterspell mana up in case they had the Cascade spell. But I should have just mm. kind of YOLO'd. And I also just straight up forget, forgot they could get a little unlucky with their Calibrated Blast. You know, they're not guaranteed to hit 12, 16. They can just hit another Blast or maybe the Cascade card if they're playing the Cascade card. And yeah, I didn't I didn't tap out aggressively enough and it might have cost me. And then I got paired against Team of Escape Shift, which is kind of the day, the deck of the the weekend. It was already kind of the deck of the weekend when we did coverage, you and me. That um mm-hmm. player who made it always to the finals, I think, um, was was Team of Escape Shift. And people have been picking up the deck online and doing well was it? It was There was two or three copies, I think, in, in both topics combined. Three copies. So, yeah, I lost to that. That matchup felt kind of bad, but I also messed up a bit. So, you know, not unwinnable, but tough matchup. So, moved on to Vintage. And I just played the deck I had played last time I played Vintage. It's uh, basically Banned Hate Bears. It has Archon of Amiria, Tarmogadav, Collector Oof, Deathrite Shaman, all the good blue cards. Didn't go very well. I went 1-4, but lots of mistakes. Not the greatest sideboarding. My opponent also had pretty solid draws, but I guess in Vintage that's going to happen. Had some questionable mulligan decisions. I kind of like the deck. The problem I, I kept running into is that I got stuck with no lands, you know, Wasteland battles and stuff, whether it's against the Bizarre decks or... I don't know, everyone's just playing Wasteland. And I was wondering if the deck shouldn't be like a little cheaper, maybe... Less free mana cards, less Archons, less O-Coach. Lower the curve a bit, maybe an extra land. Maybe Lavinia, more Lavinias. I was playing one Lavinia, three Archons, I think. Maybe play two and two. But the, the deck was fun. Vintage felt... It, it was fun to play a different format. But yeah, I, I didn't do too, too well. What about you? For me personally, I... For some, re, for some reason... Oh, that was it, of course. So I got a sponsorship offer from a card market store, three for one trading, shout out to them. And basically they were like, look, we want to sell our vintage stock. I got onto a phone call with uh, the marketing director and they were like, first the email they said to me like, oh, we want to sponsor a video, we really like your content. And I met the team in Copenhagen by coincidence because I sold my collection in Copenhagen and I vlogged it they saw the vlog they messaged me so they like blah 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 so i got in, they got in contact with me called them i was like yeah i can put the promotion at the start of a modern video for the cards that you want to sell they were like well we want to sell vintage cards could you do a vintage video and i was like well okay uh play the league of vintage upload it to youtube it's my vote most viewed gameplay video of all time i was like okay fair play so you know made a lot of money from that somehow 5-0'd with Paradoxical Outcome with a somewhat new combo. I first discovered this combo through Pete Ward, big friend of, uh, big fan of him, big good friend of mine from the UK. It's with uh, Coveted Jewel. It's a 6-mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, draw 3 cards. You can tap it for 3 mana of any color. And it has some, some wording where it's like, if an opponent attacks you... And their creature isn't blocked. Give them Coveted Jewel. They draw three cards and untap it. But 
the card is busted. You essentially use Mishra's Workshop, Black Lotuses, Moxopol, the Moxes, um, and the Grim Monolith. Aggro out the Coveted Jewel, then you play four Phyrexian, um, Phyrexian Metamorph. That's it. Cast that for three mana, copy it, draw three cards, cast it for three mana, copy it, draw three cards, and you basically draw as many cards as you can, play all your opals, bounce everything, recast everything, then you either get Karn, Demonic Tutor for, uh, you can have the Infinite Turns combo and Vintage. It's actually really good, and I really love the deck. Cher I, I watched Cherry win the Vintage Challenge with it. I was going to play the Vintage Challenge this week, but... <laughs> I, I missed the, the entry, my Mana Traders account. I rented it 15 minutes before the tournament started, but because it was like prime time, I didn't get the cards until f five seconds before the tournament started, and I couldn't didn't have time to enter, which was unfortunate. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Vintage. The thing that was kind of toxic about Vintage is I, you know, as watching Cherry play, is one loss in the Smith was to Sandy Dog. And Sandy Dog had turn one Black Lotus, uh, turn one... Under City Informer, all three games. Yeah. So you know stuff like that happens in Vintage, where you play against these busted combo decks. They have the Lotus, the Ancestral Recall, Ancestral Recall plus Dreadhorde Arcanist is the, probably one of the most toxic things I've ever seen. Um, you know, you got all these things. So I like Vintage and I hate Vintage at the same time. I'll only play it for the reasons of challenges, or someone wants to sponsor me. So. Um, yeah, I, I really like the format. Yeah, I did watch some of your games. Th that deck specifically reminds me of all these legacy like Uro piles that I see McWinsauce play. You have to know like the ins and outs of the format to understand it. I don't bother bother with that stuff. You really lean in on stuff like Collector Ufra on the Moxes, and I just I personally don't get it. I just let them hose me if they've got a good draw. Yeah, no, th these decks are pretty consistent at killing on turn one. I think. I got paired against, I don't know if it had Jewel in it, but it, it was Paradoxical Outcome, and it, I think that I, I died on turn one, uh, on their turn one both times. So, yeah, it can be a little frustrating, but there's also a lot of cool games and decisions, and I, I enjoyed it. it. It made me want to, you know, get more into Vintage. But I, that's true for, honestly, mo most constructed format. I was watching uh, Anu win the Legacy Challenge too. Was four color every time I see him play. He's always playing four color control and Legacy. I'm like, man, I need to to try these decks and stuff. But it, it's kind of tough, you know. I, I played. I made so many mistakes. I already made you know, a decent amount of mistakes in, in general and in the Vintage Challenge even more so. And it's cool and it makes you want to, you know, try try again and stuff. But also. Um, yeah, there's 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 too many formats, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. I guess kind of segueing into modern. I I did play some modern this week. I did some looking into things. There was a big modern tournament in the UK over the past weekend. Axion now mega modern. Guy I know, good friend of mine, Archaeus Dota. Archie won the modern. I think he wins a free trip to Las Vegas for Magic Thirty. Which is pretty sick. It's like over one thousand five hundred pounds of value. That's a really cool on that uh, prize. Yeah, that's a really yeah. cool prize. Yeah, it's sick. Um, Jacks, you're now for their events in the UK if you live there. 
But yeah, he played four color rhinos, specifically using the new enchantment. Leyline Binding. Leyline's Binding. And it's splashing black now. It's black and white. So because he's playing um, Leyline's Binding, he's splashing white with Triumphs and one Temple Garden, I believe. Don't think there's any other white land in the deck. And also Unmoored Ego in the sideboard, which I thought was kind of crazy. I've only played... I've played one league, and I've seen three leagues been played with the deck. I went one and four. So, you know, I was I was grinding the YouTube content. I went one and four. I saw two three twos. So I'm not a big fan of Rhinos with Leylines uh, thingy. But maybe it's okay. I, I'm not a fan. I, di I really dislike Rhinos because of how many cards there are that hate against you. You got Teferi Time Ravel, you got Engineer Explosives... Omnath's annoying, Fury is annoying, um, you know, all the Solitudes, whatnot, Ephemerate, I, I just get host. I also lost to, I lost to um, Belcher, which was also surprising. Couldn't, could, you know, normally Rhinos have one counter max. I mean, we had four force, two dispute in the sideboard. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Rhinos. That's the only modern deck that I've personally played this week, I believe. I also played with some budget blue-white control in a scrapped video that I that I made. Dude, let me break down what I did for this video. I was like, okay, I'll try and build a $100 blue-white control deck. I genuinely could not. There was no playable configuration. Narsets are 15 euros each. Or, or is it 5 euros each? I couldn't make a Narset Days Undoing combo because Narset's Days Undoing combo is like 50 euros. I was like, what the heck? So... Like, I couldn't make a 100 euro deck, so I made a 300 euro deck on card market, and that deck was dog. It was yeah. so bad that I was like, <laughs> scrap this video. Because if I'm advertising a 300 euro deck that I think is the worst modern deck I've ever seen, I don't want someone spending 300 euros on it. Scrap that. It's so impossible to make a budget modern deck that's quote unquote competitive that isn't fetchless burn. I'm sorry, you, you fetchless burn. If anyone ever asks me now, I'm just pointing them towards that deck because I'm not being responsible for the, for them buying some janky pile of poop that that I made. So, yeah, that, that was also a journey this week in the format. Maybe I should try again. I do that once in a while. Once every blue moon, I'll, I'll build a blue-white budget deck. Usually involves Wool of Omens, maybe a subpar mana base, you know, a bunch we of factor fiction. I mean, if, I don't know how much a card like Dresden is or Memory Deluge, but... Yeah, I might. I might. It's an. Ex, it's also just an excuse to play Wall of Omens. Usually, uh, yeah, it, it did actually have Dress Down because Dress Down's one euro. Ooh, there you Every go. Illusion card market is five euros. So scrap that. I was playing Behold the Multiverse and a Factor of Fiction. I was playing Resto Wall of Omens, Spreading Seas in the main. But you can't play any Planeswalkers. I built a three hundred euro list with four Narset, four Days and doing couple Gideons. Yeah. Teferi Hero of Dominaria, 30 euros. Teferi Time Raveler, 30 euros. Yeah. Wandering Emperor, 45. I mean, I was like, okay. Chalice of the Void, forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Shark Typhoon, 20 euros. Oof. I mean, like, what? You can't do anything. Like, anything that's quote-unquote, <laughs> like, makes a blue-white deck decent. You just can't play it. It was so bad that I actually played Mana Leaks because I couldn't play any Archmage's Charm. And I could play a couple Cryptic Command, but I don't want to screw up my curve. So, 
Yeah, I, just, I, just, I applaud anyone listening to just, this. Just play all the, the hate cards. And I mean, play like four Dress Down, four Hollowed Moonlight, a bunch of Rest <laughs> in Peace, kind of blue eyes. Rest in Peace, seven euro. Oh, well, you know. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I, dug, I dug deep, Gab. I dug deep. Yeah, we, we should. That could be a cool challenge. You get a budget and you have to. Uh, to do the, the whoever does the best record in, in a league, you can play whatever you want. Doesn't have to be blue white. I guess then you just played burn and it was no fetches. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, I want to talk about a bit about modern. I wanted to play with that leyline binding card. I saw a creativity list that had four bindings, so I was like, oh, there's modern prelim today. I'll just play that. Um, I actually first time ever couldn't get the cards on mana traders. Uh, you know they're usually <laughs> awesome. I've been loving you know my partnership with them and just using their service but you know i tried getting bindings zero i tried again i got one maybe if i'd started a little earlier and tried more um, so I, I just ended up playing regular four color creativity i hadn't really played the decks ever since i you know i kind of made it popular again and kind of ditched it and people have been doing well with it so give it another shot it went pretty well i went free one i lost to hammer time the hammer time curse is real. I can basically never beat that deck. The only way I've beaten it recently is when I was playing these blue white decks with a million dress downs. That was actually pretty good. But yeah. Um, and I saw Happy Happy Sandwich double top eight again this weekend with blue white hammer time. And I think that might be a sign that I'm I should try the deck you know I'm like this is just too much I mean sure the guy probably plays the deck close to perfect but even when you play a deck close to perfect you can't just stop it you know 50% of challenges without hmm. the deck being made great in the first place so I think I might actually uh you know how do you say make myself violence I don't know if you can say that in English fitness expression or not but yeah, just pick up the deck and, and give it a try and, and see what happens because that's just such such an insane feat and just he, he does it almost every weekend. Yeah, I definitely feel like Hammer Time is really, really good. And I I was kind of talking with my friends today and I, I feel like I find that there's really hard, it's really hard for me to find a modern deck that I like right now. I think it's just because you got to play the busted decks, and the busted decks to me are very fun. Yeah, I'm a little lukewarm on modern right now. I'm not sure it's because, you know, I, I haven't been winning a ton, or just because of the gameplay, and I've been doing better in Pioneer, and I've been enjoying the drafts on Arena to win Dominaria, but... Yeah, there's not, not a single... You know, I want Blue White to be good, but I haven't really managed to to make it work. You know, I was, I was doing okay with the Narset Stays on Doing deck, but Will started to fall off. I think for George Jab Jabber, who's been streaming, you know, the guy who I got a list mm. from originally, I think the wheel's been a little falling off for him as well. He hasn't been doing very well with the deck, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it's tough. And when you see some of the decks, you know, like, two two uh, red black scam decks in the first two places on saturday that deck's not it's not super fun to play and it's not super fun to play against either um, yeah you know when things go well it's fun but 
you know, your bad draws, you don't do much. And you kind of, you know, some ways cheesing people. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little down on modern right now, but it could just be correlated to my results, honestly. Yeah. For, for me, I feel like modern, I really dislike that there are so many cards now that have been designed where they're both amazing at the start of the game and amazing in the late game. I think the elementals definitely fall into that. You know, elementals on turn one or two is good. Elemental hard cast turn five or six is good. Dash Ragavan, oh, sorry, cast Ragavan turn one, dash Ragavan. And the Planeswalkers. So I think for me, what makes modern a lot more toxic uh, to, to be in is that I feel like people games feel a lot more 50-50 even on board states where you should be miles ahead. Like, for example, today, I was playing Rhinos and I was so far ahead, I think I had four Rhinos in play, attacked with them, and they had Fatal Push, Block with the Croxa, um, Untap, Top Deck Fury, and I instantly lost because I was, I only had one card in hand or something. Or I had a Force of Negation in hand, actually, I think. You'll see on my YouTube video. But that, for example, I also really hate red-black scam. I don't know if it's the time that I play, but today I played against it twice. It's not fun to play against for me. I play Force of Negation decks, Counterspell decks. That deck crushes Counterspell decks. So I think for me it's the fact that cards feel like they're amazing at the start and the end of the game. But I also just feel like in general, like mo a lot of formats just feel like... I've found that it's been very hard to find the quote-unquote deck that I want to play in both Pioneer and Modern lately, and I, I don't know why, but I don't know if it's my playstyle or something, but yeah, I just, I feel kind of lost on what deck I want to play, and if I, I wonder if that's because we have almost infinite choice, right? Listeners, they have to buy a deck and stick with it, so, if you're playing on paper, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, I honestly feel kind of lost, to be honest a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've I have that feeling a bit in modern and but one one thing I will say is that it's cool that there's still you know new decks popping up here and mm. there. You know, that teamer escape ship deck, that's that's like I mean it's not a new deck, but people who weren't playing that deck at all and you know, someone does well in in at SCG and all of a sudden People are playing online and doing well. You know, their red-black scam deck's fairly new. And there's still a little room for innovation and stuff. So I guess that's Definitely. good. Yeah. I am a bit afraid of Leyline because I played against four-color control today and they had Yorion. Mm -hmm. They had four Solitude, four Leyline, four Prismatic Ending. And I'm wondering, you know, how many removal spells do you have to print before 80-card Yorion is just insanely consistent? And, you know, you got four Ragavan, four Ren, four Teferi, and then you just have a load of cheap, good white removal? When does it just become insanely busted, right? And it's not even losing consistency for 80 cards anymore. Yeah, I haven't seen people play Leyline Binding that much in, in four color. I wonder why, you know, I guess one of the reasons it's ending and unholy it already so obscenely good. And they actually mm -hmm. deal with turn one threat, especially Ragavan. But yeah. 
I, I wouldn't be too scared. I don't think a, a, a removal spell like Binding can really, you know, wreck a format because you do have to play a bunch of dual lands and trial lands and you have more lands that come and play tap, etc. So the, the cost is, is pretty big and you're, you're, and you already have, you know, good removal anyways. So yeah, it makes sense. It feels good as a blue-white player when we just really had Path to Exile and Wrath and Verdict, and now we've got <laughs> the world. But yeah. kind of works against us because we, you know, we are meant to be at the top blue-white players, not the bottom beneath four color. Come <laughs> on. So yeah, no, I think I think that's it for me for modern. Have you seen anything that that you've particularly liked? No, not a, not especially. I didn't play a ton of modern. I was playing actually a lot of. Uh... Dominaria Jeffs on Arena. It's been fun. It's um, you know it has kicker. It has domain. You can uh, draft five color decks. There's lots of dual land. There's dual lands at common. There's some some pretty busted on commons too. And you know I wish maybe some of these cards were not in the format. But um, mm. yeah, there's you know there's seventeen lands that keep win rates, and one of the top three win rate card is just this on common that makes. A one-on flank for every defender you have in play when it comes into play, including itself. It's a defender, and then when you play more defenders, you get more one-on flanks. And you know, there's some good walls. There's a defender that tutors for it at common. There's also some really good grave digger effect, especially a black one at common. So if you if you get that card, you can easily build a deck around it because you're gonna tutor for it. You're gonna find it. You're gonna get it back etc um so that card's a little, little tough to beat and a little too strong but overall the format's fun i think people have been enjoying it um i haven't quite figured out how how to draft because there's when, when you're green you're always uh you always have the temptation of you know going into domain and you have to balance yeah you have to draft enough dual land to be able to cast your cards and also pick the right spells and I haven't had a chance to experiment with every two-color combo, so I don't know how strong they all are. There's also one thing that's maybe not great is that there's that mechanical enlist, and it just feels like pretty weak overall. You basically have to tap a creature that doesn't have summon sickness to pump the power of that creature. So not only does it only pump power, so it's easy to trade with, you know, it doesn't pump toughness. But also the creature you tap to it to pump it has to not have summoning sickness. And I don't know how they could have made it a bit better, but I feel like that mechanic's kind of weak. And it's always a shame when you have like some of the cards that are just, you know, not very good or maybe like decent, decent disparity between a lot of the comments. But yeah, fun format. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's what, that's what I've been up to, uh, uh, this week you know nice i guess if that's formats done we have a little bit of a life update for you and i or i guess events update yeah i'm going to paris tomorrow wednesday the 14th in preparation or in anticipation of uh the legacy european tour in paris yeah we're and gonna I think- be hanging out yeah, but you should be there, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be there on Friday. I have, a, I have a wedding, one of my best friend's wedding this weekend, but I'll be there on Friday. Uh, I guess we'll go there. Do you have to do, you do commentaries on Friday? Do you have to work? 
no oh. friday i'm clear but actually a little bit of a spoiler i guess we could kind of brainstorm this on the podcast i'm gonna be doing um a youtube video in the hall and my idea was i'm gonna get i'm gonna print out hopefully in france or in paris i want to print out like an a3 sheet and it's gonna say on it um unban all cards in modern change my mind <laughs> gonna have it hang it on the edge of a table have a camera set up <laughs> with a microphone and just debate with people and edit it down to 10 minutes Ooh, that's pretty yeah. cool yeah but obviously that i'll have to talk to you about maybe getting that printed or something or or maybe buy something or whatever but yeah no no it's gonna be fun uh, i'm basically just gonna go there to hang out with people people who if people want to chat and stuff i'll be there i'll be hanging out handing out some 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 extra sleeves and stuff i've been getting from you know ultimate guard because i have like boxes and boxes of sleeves that i don't really use so um uh you know if you listen to the podcast or you think to this you're gonna be in paris on friday morning be at the site just come and find me i'll probably have some little something for you sleeves or bag boxes or whatnot so um nice. yeah no should 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 be fun uh and I hope the event goes well. You know, it's been, you know, you've said it. It's not easy for organizers right now. Uh, yeah. It's pretty expensive to organize these events. And sometimes they get a bad rep. And, you know, I think, I feel like things went pretty well in Copenhagen. And hopefully they, they improve. Hopefully this event, you know, attracts a lot of people and it goes well for them. Yeah. And I think one thing is that legacy are really, really trying to improve. Like, I know people criticize them on Twitter and say that, oh, you don't listen to me. But after Copenhagen, the top manager of the stream messaged me and said, I want all your feedback of the event can be stream, non-stream. Let me know what you think we should improve. Why would they send me that email privately if they didn't want to improve? Legacy are trying really hard. They listen to people's feedbacks because people were all complaining about no halls they now have six halls announced with dates information all that so you know slip-ups happen fair play to legacy as we can see no one really wants to host events scg host a huge event it didn't go great you know everyone's pointing fingers oh that's not going great that's not going great i mean if everything's not going great and you're saying oh i'm not going to attend because of prices it will all spiral down Attend if you want to go. Try not to worry too much about prices. Because don't forget, we're still coming back from no events. You know, people, businesses need to recoup and stuff. Because if not, it'll all fall through. So if you want competitive magic to survive, play or even go to the hall. You know, just being in the hall is good value for them. Um, even if you go play on a table or whatever, you know, have fun. And I think, to be honest, for me personally, I'd love to see less hate and more support. Because yeah. you're hating on something that could potentially not even be there. I don't know. I personally get really annoyed by it because I keep getting mad. I even got, a, you know, I got a death threat because Paris wasn't announced. I was so surprised. <laughs> Someone messaged me on Twitter and said, tell me where the, it was like, tell me where the Paris venue is. Or when I see you there, you're going to, I'm going to beat you up. It was wow. like so stupid. Why would you threaten to beat me up like over a magic venue? I was going to tweet about it, but then I thought it was just so stupid. I was like, I'm going to ignore this. I was just like, how can you be so dumb over a, it's really like, it's, you know, like what? Yeah. So to me, it really annoys me because I don't understand how these people could be so crazy to be honest. So yeah. 
that that that's kind of my little rant. Shout out to Legacy. We'll be there this Friday. And I'm flying to Paris tomorrow, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, we're gonna um, be hanging out. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh cool, anything cool, else cool. this week? No, I think we can maybe put our lives on the line. Awesome. Um yeah, life on the line. For those who don't know, theoretical tournament tomorrow. Win the event you live, lose you die. Got to bring a deck from every format we talked about today. Me personally, Pioneer. I'm actually not going to play Mono Green. I'm going to play Red White Artifacts with all that glitters and the Psych Enchantment. It's really good. I think it's decent against all the top decks. Specifically Green, it's very good against. Red Black is quite tough because they play a lot of removal. Same with Blue White. But both of them, you have the advantage of the draw land, which is what I love in Pioneer. In Modern, I'm going to go with Living End. I believe that that's probably the best deck where it has very good nut draws. You don't need all the experience in the world. And I think it's just decent. You play Grief, Force of Negation, and Subtlety. In Vintage, come into Jewel if you really want to put your life on the line in Vintage. What are you saying, Gav? All right, I guess for Vintage, I'm going to go with... You know, cover the jewel just because I'm not super confident in that band pile I played in Pioneer, Blue White Control. And for Modern, I mean, if you give me a few reps, maybe just Blue White Hammer Time, honestly. I just, just you know, once again, so impressive what, what Happy Sandwich accomplishes uh, weekend in, weekend out. Awesome. Okay, Price is Right. What are you thinking? Oh, right. Leyline. Oh, I was going to say Coveted Jewel. Ooh, that's a, okay. That's like Commander 20... I literally have no idea what a card like that could be worth, to. Like, literally none. It's from a Commander Precon. Okay. That doesn't so... exactly help me, but I'm ready whenever you are. <laughs> I'm Okay. Yeah, I've got a price. Me too. Three, two, one. Twenty-five. Three. Oh wow, <laughs> the gap is huge. Okay, coveted jewel on cardmarket.com, the sponsor of this episode or this podcast. Sorry, coveted jewel. Oh my gosh, coveted jewel. The average price for the past thirty days is thirty-four cents. So. Wait, is it is it not even a rare? It's a rare, but it's from a Commander Commander 2018 singles. Okay. It, it, the cheapest English is eight cents from Spain. Wow. Eight cents you can get this card for. Classic maze. price, 40 cents. That is... Well, that's a steal if you're looking to play Paper Vintage. Get a start for a budget deck in Vintage. Before coming to Yeah, budget, exactly. There's not... You know, the other cards are, are also yeah. pretty cheap. You don't need... Yeah, <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, awesome. I guess, you know, for those making that far into this episode, thank you so much, Gab. Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, twitch.tv slash shillahat. And I think I might be starting some more cooking streams. I got a little thing to hold my phone. I got a new phone. I got no more excuses. So maybe we can even do a cooking stream tomorrow night. Ooh, okay. I'm down. I'd only be able to chop things, though. I can't. No, you can just hang out. You can be like, you know, chat manager, and we can hang out and chat and while I, nice. I do the chopping and the cooking. Let's do it. Yeah, that's sick. Okay, I'm down. 
You can find me at twitch.tv slash yellowhat on Wednesday the 14th or maybe Thursday the 15th yeah. in Paris cooking. Um, or you can find me on YouTube clickbaiting at HarryMTG. Lol. But yeah, as always, if you made it this far into the episode, you know, we do want to apologize for the interrupt from Pat. We hope that Teddy gets better soon. Uh, and we hope to catch you guys soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time.